Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I am your host, Chase Merrill, and we are all about helping people get freed up from what's holding them back so they can build up who they were made to be. On this season of the podcast, we're doing something called The 52 Project. 52 conversations over 52 weeks with 52 different people who have made an impact on my life that I want to share with the world. Today, I have my friend, former high school teacher and football coach, and so much more, John Bryant with me. It is one of the more real conversations I've had in a long time, and I absolutely loved it. We talk about things like pride, community, loneliness, why there's such a division within the church, and so much more. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Frontline Coffee Co. Delicious, bold, and expertly roasted small batch coffee for the everyday American. Frontline is not just about coffee. They're about supporting responders on the front lines, courageously caring for the rest of us. With every Frontline purchase, a percentage goes to supporting the brave men and women who are doing just that. Head over to FrontlineCoffeeCo.com and use promo code FREEDUP. That's F-R-E-E-D-U-P, all one word, freed up to get 15% off your purchase. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Well, here we go. Welcome to the Chase Merrill Podcast. I have a mentor, friend, teacher, football coach, uh, and so many more uh, with me today as a guest on the podcast, Mr. John Bryant. Welcome to the podcast, man. Wow, thank you so much, Chase. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, this is so cool. I, uh, I'm thinking about just, I, we just talked for a couple minutes before starting, but one of the things I, I'm thinking about, you know, is somebody who's been, uh, made a huge impact on my life. Part of this 52 project, you know, that's, that's part of why you're here today is, uh, you know, it was ninth grade as freshman in high school at Whitney high school in Rockland, California. And, uh, just the thought that people that when they think about what they could do with their life, that is, is impactful and, and is worth doing. Uh, just how valuable, how uh, how valuable and important, like teachers and coaches, really, really can be in somebody's life. That I'm sitting here, um, not in ninth grade anymore, talking to my uh, my geography slash uh, football coach, and uh, and and because you made such, I'm just thinking about like that. That is that's a huge huge thing that I just want to make sure people are this right out of the gate thinking about. But okay, welcome. Where are you at uh, in the world right now? And maybe just give us a snapshot for those that don't know you, uh, who, who you are, just like in, a, in a nutshell, if it's even possible. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Chase. Uh, okay, so maybe we just pick this up in Rockland. That's probably easiest. So, okay. uh, so you and I arrived in Rockland around the same time. I was teaching eighth grade uh, U.S. history over at Springview Middle School uh, with uh, with some illustrious kids that you know, and uh, <laughs> then moved over to Rockland High School. So actually, I ended up teaching in Rockland for about ten years, and so you were in that first group of kids at Whitney High School. I taught there for eight years, and uh, you know they say you always remember the first and the last. You know yeah. that you you know and and uh, the Alpha Omega. So so definitely you were in that Alpha group. Uh, you were a <laughs> kid that I coached in football. Yes, I had you in geography class. I don't know what kind of impact that had, but actually <laughs> you came in and you started the, gosh, what'd you call it? The Revelation Christian good, Club. Good memory. <laughs> right? Revelation. So, so going way back on that one and, and yeah. just, to, just to see like a, uh, just a heart to have a Bible study on campus and, you know, as a, as a, as a Christian, but also a public educator, knowing that line of uh, knowing where to create an open space in the classroom uh, for kids to be able to express their own point of view and uh, and to be 
to not be biased one way or the other in terms of instruction, but also to take advantage of that opportunity to host a space and to make that available. So, yeah, so I taught it, uh, taught in Rockland Unified for, for 10 years total. And um, gosh, uh, partway through that, my wife said, what do you think about moving overseas? And I said, I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I think I'm kind of locked in here. Uh, I like what I'm doing. I like the kids. I like the community. I think there's a lot of good things, but there are also a lot of hard things at Whitney that were happening around that time too, that sort of made me reconsider. And, and also the Lord just kind of said, Hey, man, if you want to hear my voice, listen to your wife. Yeah. So yeah. I think Holly, Holly's going to appreciate that. Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I did, I prayed about it and God opened up this opportunity for me to go to Hong Kong. And so I taught at Hong Kong International School for six years. Uh, and that's where I taught um, some courses that were new to me. I was the first time I taught AP Psychology and um, I was teaching AP World History again. Um, and I was traveling the world as part of my curriculum. And uh, we brought our daughters with us. We got two girls, Julia and Janai. This is going to blow your mind. Julia is graduating from Azusa Pacific this spring which you remember her when she was like five years old or something. Yeah. And she's applied to law school and she's- No she's, way. Yeah, she's heading off to law school. And then Janai is, uh, is a freshman uh, and she's attending school here in San Diego and super excited for her. Yeah. So yeah, um, so anyways, um, partway through our time in Hong Kong, we decided to move on. Uh, at really, I think the Lord's leading to Nairobi, Kenya. And it turned out totally different than how I could have ever imagined, but God had a purpose in it. Uh, it rocked my world and uh, in some serious ways. Uh, but um, we were able to, uh, by his grace, land here in San Diego. So I'm in San Diego. I've been here for the last two years uh, and teaching eighth grade U.S. history. Let's uh, go. To, to <laughs> school kids. And man, it is stretching me, but man, I, I really do have a heart of love for the kids. And I'm seeing it's, it's, it's also teaching me to be a better teacher. Yeah. It's so awesome. The, um, the, the freshman year. So, I mean, I'm thinking about what part of where I was at in my life there, it was just kind of fresh, really giving my life, surrendering it to, to the Lord. I had, you know, raised in a Christian home, so I had a lot of that foundation and, you know, all of that. But it wasn't until my eighth grade year of, of, of life where I had an encounter with the Lord in a, at a winter camp and uh, just got rocked and really was like, oh, man, this is it. Like, I want to give my life to Jesus for real and surrender it all and feel like... I, this is all I want to do. I want to tell people about Jesus. And so that led into the summer, which then was like, all right, high school, here we go. God, this is a mission field for the next four years. Let's do it, you know. And then I made a last minute decision to play football because uh, I had I had played six years prior before moving to Rockland. And then I, I tried to play my eighth grade year and broke my heel cap right after uh, some of the, you know, whatever games. So I was like, I don't know. And then a bunch of those guys that, you know, we we, we would know the the Zach Graves and uh, Taylor Irwin, Ryan Shimmerhorn and uh, Eric Judd. Those dudes were my dudes. And they were like, come on, man, you could you could jump back in. And I didn't want to have any regrets kind of thing. So I, I went for it. And uh, that's part of where we also had that extra extra space was on the football field, and uh, yeah, it was just cool, man. You just right out of the gate, you just you just you you commanded my respect, but without the 
I don't know how else to put it, but just without the like, I'm a, I'm a macho. I'm going to, I'm going to demolish you kind of, kind of masculine, you know, you were very masculine. You were very like, you were, you are, I'm not gonna say you were, you are, you are strong. Uh, you know, you had like the rugby, rugby roots and I mean, and then you obviously as a, as a fellow Seattle Seahawk, you know, just, I felt like we were soul connected a little bit. Um, I just, I, you, you had this strength but you had this like tenderness and, and it came through on the football field and it came through in the classroom. And I just was like, what is this? This is, I don't know if I, I don't know where I've seen this before. And, and then I quickly realized like, Oh, Jesus was, Jesus was kind of the part of that. He was what was bringing that together. And, um, and it just was impactful, you know? And, and then, and then, you know, through the course of, of our journey a little bit, what, what really started was you made space for me. And, uh, you know, I was in your class, you know, I think it was a combo geography comp lit, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's Do you remember right. that? Yeah. Now I've got a picture of you and Riley. You look like yeah. you. <laughs> oh, dude. You know, the, you know the picture I'm talking about? Yeah, I totally do. Oh, it was gosh. in, it was in comp lit. I, uh, I, I, you know, like I just, the fact that, the fact that our interaction didn't end there, like it could have, mm-hmm. like, I, cause I don't actually think. Did I have a history? No. No. That how'd was it. Even know, how'd you even know as a Christian? That's that's what I don't know. I literally think I think at some level what came down was either I I either I either wore a shirt or no, no, I know what it was. I think it was I was like, man, I want to start a Christian club. Like you mentioned. I, I felt like again, I gave my life to Jesus and I was like, let's do this, you know? And uh I think it was I think it was Shay. Yeah, Shay Thorson. Thorson, who at some level somewhere had communicated um you know well if we were to start one i think this teacher would be willing to let us meet in his classroom during lunch or whatever else Uh, as like a because we had to get a teacher um you know whatever it was called and i think that's how it started as i realized Uh, that makes sense yeah yeah so this is the thing on the other side as a teacher i have no idea who my christian kids are and who aren't yeah i just look at their fruit to be honest yeah like i just look at their lives and as a teacher, I mean, I'm telling you, man, the thing that I've learned more than anything else is that acceptance precedes change. When a kid walks through the class, if they're accepted, that's the heart of God, I think, because I think that the heart of God is invitational. You know, never coercive, but always inviting, always yeah. saying, hey, listen, I'm saving a place at the table for you. You know, listen, our, our Jewish friends are celebrating Passover, right? Tonight. Right, right tonight. Uh, well, tomorrow, last night, I think they yeah. had their Seder, and then there's sure. a second one. But but like part of that tradition for some some Jewish people is the same place at the table, and I think like that's, I guess that's the the hope as a teacher. But there were times where I was like, whoa, I think this kid Chase is a believer, and I know that like she like she's a believer, and there's this kid Sheely that's a believer. I just wish I could like somehow network them, and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, just do your work, you know, yeah, bring them together somehow, because like you got to be careful in terms of how much you interact with like. um yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there's there's a boundary that I have in the classroom. Yep. Um, because because I believe that every kid needs to walk in the class totally knowing that I accept them for who they are. So they could be dressed like a drag queen. You're you're welcome. Come on right. in. I love right. you. you right. know, they could be totally devoted to Islam. Show up in a full job. I love you. You're right. welcome. This is a space for you. You're protected. You're safe. This is it. And I feel like. I do feel like that's the heart of God. I, I definitely think if 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 anything, like Jesus is always getting called out for being like too tolerant on sinners. 
You know, he's like, oh, you're too easy on those guys. Yeah. You hang out with them. You're probably, you're probably center yourself because you hang out with them. Yeah. I think that's the heart of God. Do you know what I mean? Sure. If you're with people, they're just like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. So anyways, I, I, I find that fascinating to think about on the uh, student side, like, how do you even figure out, you know? Um, but I think, I hope that like the scriptures say, you know, a tree by its fruit. Yeah. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle self-control. If, if those fruit can somehow come out of our life, we know a tree, a tree by a tree by its fruit, you know? Right. And I think we gravitate to that in our lives for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean that, and that was a, that was a balance. I think that, you know, at the time I didn't understand as a freshman in high school, the, the tension that a, that a, that an educator just has to walk just with, you know, and there were several other great teachers at Whitney High School, you know, at the time and still to this day that that I knew at some level or eventually began to realize like they were they were believers and in, in just you have to walk a unique tension between what you're talking about fully fully accepting and not creating a um, just a barrier between those that wouldn't wouldn't perceive your Christian faith as you know, that kind of acceptance that, you know, that you're talking about, but, but it was something that you did really well. And I think that I'm sure there were times that you felt challenged by it, but, um, you, you still held strong. Like that was the thing I thought was unique. You didn't, you, and if anything, like you were, you were taking ground. And what I mean by that is like you, you did not waste your time, um, in that place, not just with pouring into students and educating them, but like, creating change or trying to help create change in in the present where you were that community but like in the world i mean the the uh the stuff that you were doing when it came to just like the humanitarian stuff and um the the way that you rallied students to be engaged in thinking about the world outside of their box of rockland was always something that i was just super inspired by and just realized like oh this dude's not messing around like he's like yeah i got a life of purpose to live and i'm and i'm doing it and um, you know, if it means a couple extra days and nights and weekends and hours here to, you know, I, I feel like one time you guys did like a spend the night. No, maybe that was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, did. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Multiple thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me- yeah. Well, we got really plugged in with invisible children, which right. like, unfortunately the founder who's from San Diego had a nervous breakdown right at the penultimate opportunity to yeah. really, really blow the lid off of. Um, internet-based service, like actually, like it was a, such a bummer, like yeah. because we'd been working on that for a while, but you know we had kids that were super committed to it. Shoot, you were part of that. Like, remember, like we were doing concerts. Remember, yep. you remember Whitney's Got Talent? Yeah, all <laughs> yeah, of that was too. like oh my right. <laughs> Man, I mean, there were just things that were so special, and they were like student-generated, yep. and it was like. A, like I just got to light, light a spark in the right place yeah. and whew, because God has designed our hearts to want to show up for each other. Yeah. Like that's in our hearts. So whether you're whatever religious tradition you came from, part of what God's got to put into your heart, right, is actually to show up and serve. And you can ask like why and 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 how and who really is God and, and and this notion that that God knows you and loves you and gave His Son to build a relationship with you is unique and distinctive to our faith. Yeah. But the pull to service is not. So a lot of kids that got really dialed into service were not Christian kids actually. But I think they were doing some other things as well. Like remember when you came back from Fiji, we were yeah. like, oh dude, I saw a miracle. 
Yeah. Like you saw yeah. face to face a miracle. And that came at a time when I was kind of praying for a miracle with like a colleague whose back was just like mm. really bothering him. And like, it was on my heart. I was just, I was praying for it and I needed a little encouragement to believe that a miracle could happen, you know? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I saw, I literally saw scales walk, walk, like come off this woman's eyes. Yeah. And she's like, um, there is no, there, there are very few people that I believe more than I believe you. Hmm. Because if you, if, if you're inauthentic, it will kill you. I will see you shrivel <laughs> up and die. You will. I, you, like, like, and, and you can, and, and there's yeah. this humility and owning when like, like, cause, cause, cause you dream big. And if you fall short, okay, you can own that because yeah. you know, God's going to restore you and he's going right. to show up. But, um, yeah, that authenticity is something that gave me a boost of encouragement. And I think for maybe you'll have some people listening that are, you know, Christian kids going to public school. And like, like, I just want to say, like, you can be a huge encouragement to your teachers. You know, we were talking about this scripture, you know, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but in faith, love, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. And man, for, for a teacher, I get that, man. There are kids who've come into my life and you're like, honestly, every time I write, you've got 52. And every time I write down a list of people who have, have transformed my life in a positive way, you're right up there in my list. So, you know, with like, I was sure and, uh, you know, Kyle Peck is up there. I gotta, Let's I gotta go. give that man a shout Let's out. Go, you know? Kyle. Um, you know, and, but, but, um, but when I think about, you know, people that mentored me, people that have had an influence on how I see Jesus and did you just shown up at such the right times in my life? And I feel like that's providence, you know, like God has this plan in our lives where he just knows what we need at just the moment. Yeah. And I think like, in some ways I needed you in my spiritual journey, at least as much as you needed me. And, and God gave us these paths of intersection. I don't think we'd met. We didn't meet like every day. We never would. You're the kind of guy, you're like me. You're like, oh man, I want to meet every day. Yeah, I'd, totally. I'd be super disciplined, you know, I, I, yeah. if I, you know, but, but like, but God might be calling you this or that or that. And I, I feel like that makes us kind of kindred spirits. Um, because we both have this, um, strength and shadow side, like, yeah. man, we dream big and we go hard for it. Right. Oh yeah. But the shadow side to that, and man, I'm, I'm just going to say it is that sometimes we let people down and sure. I let, I'm just, I'm, I'm speaking about me. I'll yeah. never tell your story, but I'll just say for me, sometimes I overpromise and under the lever and that yeah. kills me. That, that just kills me when I do that. Um, and I feel like as a teacher, maybe that's, you know, God seasons you a little bit and teaches you to, you know, um, like you don't want to. You don't want to tamp down the wrong flame or the wrong fire. So I still want to be part of God's work around me and just like find out how to fan that flame. At the same time, I don't, I don't ever want to let anybody down, you yeah. know, like, because, because my name is linked up with the Lord's for sure. You know? Right. Yeah. The, the, the way that you were able to, uh, create the space for, you know, I'm, I, I, let me say thank you for the, the just the comment just about the um, the several of the things you said. I, they, I, I receive them and it, it means a lot to me. Just hearing some of the some of those things that just about the uh, the the mutual side of the relationship and and the spiritual journey that we you know we had in each other's lives. And and again, I I continue to look back at that and go, it wouldn't have happened 
if it wasn't for you making this space again i wasn't out of, after freshman year i didn't play football anymore and i wasn't in any of your classes and you were continuing to get busier and busier with different things you know uh, invisible children and, and other things and you were taking international trips you were i feel like you were always in, like you know like i gotta get out of the country and take a bunch of people with me you know which i i, I loved i wish I, I that was one of my regrets i've not been able to go uh, out, of, out of the country with you uh or have g g come to visit you when you were out of the country because that was okay, always you and i are going to um uganda together and you're gonna meet a guy named jackson kaguri who will rock your world done he is like you'll you'll you will be so inspired by this guy this guy has empowered ten thousand grandmas to support kids who lost their parents through hiv aids and this guy loves the lord and is doing such incredible work dude we're gonna find our way to get there and you're gonna get to know jackson kaguri and he's gonna rock your world let's go so i'm just i'm, I'm just I'll gonna drop that right here speak it into existence man let's no, go gonna, i, I will right. not i will not i will not be mad at that i would love to do something like that the the sophomore through, through senior year um yeah i mean we i think there was there was a period of time where you it was either weekly or every other week you know we 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 did like a bible study kind of thing during one of the lunch periods or you know i think there was even times before school um there were times when you'd have your prep period and i don't know how i was able, i must have been i don't i must have been doing i must have been i don't know i don't know what it was but i figured out maybe it was a i had a i had a peer counseling thing i don't know i feel like i'm i'm something where we would it would be like hey let's do a quick you know we could do a quick you know walk around the whatever just the 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 uh quad you know and just it was like you yeah, always we would, we would walk over by the football field and pass yeah. the baseball field yes. and like and and I don't know if you knew this, but this is how I could have a private conversation in a public space. I did not know. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that was it. I mean, like, I, I wanted to be able to have a private conversation with you yeah. in a public space where all eyes are on. Right. You know, because right. as an educator, that's one thing you got to watch out for is, like, like boundaries. You know, right. there are boundaries that, like, you got to watch for. Like, I, I sometimes wonder, like, remember that Bible breakfast <laughs> that we used to do at our yeah. house? Yeah. Like, the pancakes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like, sometimes I wonder about that, but I always let parents know, like, this yeah. is what I'm doing. Your kid is can opt in and out. They're just welcome. It's just trying to, so I wanted to fill this role of a trusted adult, yep. but I also wanted to be above reproach. Yep. And I don't, I didn't want there to be a situation where, you know, like an accusation can ruin a career and also a series of poor choices can ruin a career, you yep. know? So, um, and I think we saw, unfortunately, some of those things, you know, go down. Yep. Uh, at Whitney and yep. uh, which is heartbreaking because right. I, I love all the people involved in, in those situations. So, um, but I will say this is that the other piece to that is that I, I believe that as, you know, as a public school teacher, you're upholding the constitution and the way yep. I read the first amendment to the constitution is that government can't push a, a faith tradition or a religion onto anyone like their government's not meant to be the vehicle of of pushing the faith the church does that or or your mosque or your synagogue or whatever um but um but also government can't get in the way of you expressing your faith and so that was the line that i wanted to i want to let you know hey like chase by the way if you ask me um what christians believe about god's uh god's view of the world i can answer you i can give you a straight answer to that right. question right like i can say yeah like this is what most christians would believe you know you know, I can I can talk about what Christians believe all day long, and even answer some to a limited degree my own personal beliefs. Yeah. Uh, but I tend to be careful with that, right? Because I want to make sure that 
every kid's engaged and every kid's thinking, you know, especially now being a Christian is complicated, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it it's is. Like overly so and, and increasingly so. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's been coming back to the United States after being away for eight years. What did I come back to you, man? I mean, this is. It's a different world. It's, and it's, and it's, mm. I always say it's hard to find fellowship. I don't know if, the, if, if, if you find this up in Washington, but. I think that like there's a, I don't know, like I was talking with one of my friends who's a believer and I was, I was like, I was telling him, Hey, we can do this thing to help you out or whatever. And he was like, thank you so much. And he was like, kind of like thanking a bit too much. I was like, but we're family. This is what yeah. family does. Like we're good. Um, but I think there've been a lot of things that have been dividing the family in a really yeah. big way, um, in recent years. And I think we got to get back to the two things, right? I mean, what did. What did God say? What did Jesus say? Sorry about you know those that follow. Like you show that you love a God that you can't see by loving the people that you can see. Yeah, and that's the litmus test. It, it, like you know, like nobody should say they're a Christian if they don't love their neighbor. Yeah, if they don't show patience, kindness, goodness, right? And I think we can fall short and thank God for grace, right? But I feel like that seems to be, be lacking. You know, yeah. and there's yeah. a callousness to the suffering of other people that's like, that's not the heart of God. And I feel like I've been hoping and praying and waiting a little bit to just hear that voice a little bit more strongly. You know, yeah. to say like, say that, um, you know, I I think there's a, a kind of a, a macho Christianity that's just, it's unbecoming. It's not the yeah. heart of Christ. It's yeah. just not. I mean, it's um, so I find I find like that that's tough finding yeah. fellowship, you know. Yeah. And so, and yet, if you reduce it down, God loves imperfect people, I, you know. Like you don't have the right have the right theology. Like I bet a lot of people are gonna have really messed up theology that get to have a yeah, pretty totally, sure of it. Totally, you know what I mean? Like totally. so, but but I think when it comes down to it, um. I just, I just keep coming back to this one thing, right? God owns everything. He owns the hat on your head, that beautiful sea, Seahawks mug there. Yes, sir. You know, he owns it all, right? <laughs> he owns the air that we breathe. The yeah. one thing he doesn't own in the entire universe is your choice to trust him. That's it. That's the only thing that he said, I'm not going to take control of that because mm. we can't have authentic relationship if not that. Yeah. And what that looks like to trust God it's a it's a kaleidoscope of choices. It just looks different, you know. Yeah. For you and I to trust God, maybe that means we have to say no to somebody. Yeah. Whereas, like for somebody else, it means they got to say yes, you know. And I think that I, I feel my in my heart, I just want to see it get reduced down to those simple things, right? Like, are we loving God by loving others, right? You know, Jesus said that the thief, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life to the full. Yeah. So is it giving life or is it taking life away? Right? It is my principle. If I stand on my principles, is that going to cause someone harm? Is it going to take away their life? Or is it going to encourage them and it's going to give them a pathway in? Keep them in the game. Yeah. You know, give them a chance to know the goodness of God. And I think a lot of those things, I mean, I mean, the enemy is just trying to hold us back. Right? That's yeah. his that's his goal. Right. And that, yeah, you're, 
There's a lot here. There's a lot here. That, I mean, Sorry, man. It, I'm talking too much. No, no, not not <laughs> at all. Let's say it back and forth. I'm not good at podcasting. No, dude, you're, yeah. Listen, you're if you're talking you're talking to the dude that is is an absolute master of the one way two way conversation. So, uh, I uh, I no. There's just a lot there that I I'm re- I resonate with and being in in the in the church space. Um, you know, as a pastor right now, leading a, a congregation in in Lacey, Washington, Pacific Northwest, uh, in the United States, it's 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 real. You know, it's it's um, it's challenging to create a space that isn't uh, specifically leaning towards uh, one side or the other when it comes. Not necessarily when it comes to like the cl- the clarity of Scripture, um, but but to what you're talking about, like there's there's a lot of division uh, and a lot of um, camps that have been created within other camps within other camps that if uh, if you aren't if you aren't clear um, clearly communicating one way or the other you know people are they're trying to figure out where you're at or they want to go and to be in a different environment so it's hard it's hard it feels hard to it feels hard to do things like Jesus would do things (laughs) because it it just seems like people uh you know, they're not satisfied with that. They want, they want something more. And and I'm learning, I'm learning as a leader, a young leader and young pastor, just at the end of the day, like what I will be accountable for, um, is to one, is to, is to one master, is to one Lord. And, and that, that ultimately I have to trust that Jesus is, um, going to, going to do with what, what I have. I'm, I'm going to steward what the opportunity that I have to impact, to influence, to, to invest in so um, good seed and loving seed into the place that he's called me to be that ultimately that will produce fruit and as long as God's word is at the center of that God's love is at the center of that but that you know he'll I'll, I'll be done with this at some point and he'll go hey yeah well done getting faithful you know kind of thing like getting faithful servant that that's 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 really where I do want to go I, I do see a lot of my people um, I see a lot of people leaving and a lot of people dividing. I don't see a lot of people staying and I don't see a lot of people unifying. And that, that definitely breaks my heart, but it also doesn't make me hopeless. And that's where I feel like being in ministry still and, and trying to be a, a black and white Christian uh, when it comes to like the truth of God's word and yet represent the heart of the father in Jesus in that black and and black and white scripture, uh, you know, where everybody's kind of like, it's more, it's more black and white than you think, but you're like, ah, oh, there's also a lot of gray there, you know, though, you know, um, to, to some degree, sometimes that I could be a, a, a bridge and a liaison, uh, from the inside out, I could be a part of the help, helpful change from the inside out rather than being like, screw all this. I'll just hate on it from the outside and, you know, just kind of live, live my own thing um and i i dude, and I, that's I, what I, dude, I need to hear that from you right now chase i mean honestly like i feel like yeah i mean my own kids like at times they're like listen we see you and mom and we see you living for jesus in a way that like actually okay we we see that where are the other people yeah. and that's that's not I, I don't mean that as this uh, i'm not saying that prideful i'm saying that sure. mournfully no. yeah and that's partly uh, like that's I would say, like, you talk about things that, like, people are, like, challenged with. Like, here's a challenge that I'm in the middle of is finding Christian community. Like, really. I mean, honestly, like, finding, because, I mean, well, you know, like, is it John 6 where, like, like, the huge crowds are circling around Jesus? And, like, why? Because he, like, he gave him some food. 
And then he's then he's like, oh, I got another sermon. The real food is actually me, <laughs> right? Unless you you know eat, drink my blood, and eat my flesh, then you you're not gonna have life. And they're like, what? Right? Where's the meal? <laughs> and they yeah. were out. So people are fickle. You know, what I mean, the yeah. same crowds that were you know shouting Hosanna one week or like you know shouting crucify him the next, and right. and you know and 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 his power to rise above that, you know, and rise through it and to endure it is is maybe an encouragement to us but it's a real it's it's hard right because like i think that i i feel like that's why i want to see myself like not get caught up in those other side the side business things but to be absolutely honest some of that quote unquote side business stuff is right at the heart of god's kingdom plan to redeem this earth sure like like you know i mean that's what jesus said constantly it's like well i came to you know we're building the kingdom of god here and the gates of hell won't prevail against it and so what is that well that's that's not just like we're going to build really like mega churches or something like that it's that the church and the spirit of god even more important like through the church will like a wind blowing through you know, a forest will shift the direction of the leaves. It'll, it'll, it'll have an impact, and and a and a and a grand one, right? And one that God has planned from the beginning. Like, and He wants to use us in it, and He does want to use the vehicle in the church. And I, you know, so this is this is that challenge for me, anyways, is finding that Christian community where it's like, because like if you look at me, right? Um, some people, some people will be listening to this podcast, so I'll just describe myself. Yeah. I look like a 47 year old white man. Like I'm not small. I'm not and, huge. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, but when, when people see a 47 year old white man with a you know, hat on and a hoodie on and, and talking with his, his, uh, his, his young brother in Christ, some of them assume things about me that I would assume about them. Do my black kids look at me and go, Oh, you must think that this, you know, that, that, um, some of the things that I hear represented coming out of people that look like you or like people that deny that injustice has taken place within, you know, uh, within our, our communities of color. And so I feel like you and I actually have, like, if we're going to represent Christ, we actually need to recognize the fact that there are people looking at us that are going, um, it would help to have some clarification that you accept me. And sure. that you you love me, and that you see me, and that you are going out of your way to like make space and like be intentional and pursue those relationships, because in the absence of that, nobody is actually assuming goodness in our hearts. Yeah, and totally. I feel like we got to be. It's part of us actually being the hands and feet of Christ and making it real. And actually, I think when, um, yeah, you want to keep everything equal. I got that right, but there's there there's in order to do that, you have to be aware of inequality and then step into that and say, okay, I got to speak to that. A lot of my kids who are, you know, LGBTQ plus think, oh, like, like, honestly, if they, if they caught wind of me being a Christian, they go, oh, he must hate me. Right. Do you know what I mean? That is the opposite of the heart of God, right? right? I mean, Jesus, totally. if he was hanging out here, what he was hanging out with drunkards and prostitutes, what does that equate to in a modern, you know right. what I mean? Totally. Now, Jesus is not sinful, so he's not going out to you know some strip club or something like that. But right. but his you know his heart and being present 
and being close to those people that might assume that God didn't have a place for them is distinctive. Yeah. And and he's not weak. He's tough. Yeah. He can throw over tables and get the bullwhip out. Right. But he can also be tender and take a child and be safe with the kid. Yeah. You know, and he's got that range. And I think that the times are calling for us as believers to rise to the situation. And and I need that. I yeah. that's that's something that I have not I've not cracked that nut, man. I have not figured that out. Yeah. And and a conversation with you it it does spur me yeah. to want to get there. Yeah. Well, I, one of the things you just made me think about recently, you know, there's a, there's a there's obviously a lot going on with people exiting the church and that's been happening for a little while, but um just a, a bigger movement specifically with people, you know, from from a from a deconstruction side of things or you know, the ex-evangelical kind of space, just people that are have had some kind of unhealthy experience or um encounter with both church leadership pastors etc i've been having um in my local context you know there's there's some people that you know here's what's so tough like this this is this is i think this i'll just be honest with something i wrestle with and i i'm this is more like this mean just you mean you having a conversation which is which is which is what we're which is what we're doing but i i'm like this is me this was gonna happen yeah i know i'm like i'm literally i'm feeling like i'm feeling like a sophomore chase sitting down at lunch going like i just haven't i don't know how to figure this out you know kind of thing but but my heart is and i think you'll understand it like I, I, so people that are deconstructing, I mean, they just, they just, they're ripping and railing on all things that I'm still connected to, yeah. uh, pastoring church leadership, et cetera. Now, listen, none of that makes me like defensive. There's not a, there's not an ounce of me. That's like, who are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. None of that. Like I, I, I see a lot of it. Uh, and, and, and maybe this could, can cross a little bit of the parallels to like, you know, uh, the LGBTQ, um, even to some degree, some of the racial injustice stuff, I, different categories. I get it. I'm not at all trying to lump all three of those in the same at all, but, but just, I think there could be some parallels where I, it's not like, uh, I want to defend, you know, my image or the church's image or any of that. I, I see it. I see, I've been a part of it. I have contributed to it at times. Um, by God's grace, he's, he's helped me see where I have allowed, my own pride or my own um, ignorance, arrogance to get in the way of seeing and leading healthily or, you know, all of those things. Uh, I've seen it leaders above me, church, all that. Right. So I'm not trying to defend or justify in any of that space. Um, but, but part of what I continue to see is there's this, they, there's this lumping of categories that I watch and listen to people walking through this where, because I'm a pastor, at a church representing a Christian church or a church that has a name connected to things from other, you know, people that have been hurt by things that like that I've got no chance with them to prove to be different or to even have the opportunity to basically be like, I, I hear that that's what's happened. And I want to actually, part of what I want to do is, is actually sit down and hear more. Uh, because I'm genuinely interested in wanting to know how, how can I help be different than some of that? Not not just to, you know, lay down and go, whatever you guys want kind of thing. And, and that's what we'll do, because I don't think that's the answer either by any means. But to basically go, I I, I don't feel like I'm the same person that you're describing that, that hurt uh, you. And yet yeah. I'm being lumped into that category of pastors and, and, and getting then canceled, canceled. Right. And not given any opportunity to like 
be a part of the change. And I, I just feel like they're what, what a lot of those people are looking for is like, everybody needs to quit, get out of here, shut the whole thing down because it's causing no health. And I'm going like, I don't think that's true. I want to change it. I want to change it from the yeah. inside out. I think I can change it more effectively from being within the thing than, than being on the outside and canceling or throwing rocks back or starting my own new thing. Because uh, that's that's that I don't think that that honors the Lord either. So um, I, I feel like what I'm wrestling with, even within LGBTQ stuff, even within racial injustice stuff, is like, how do I, again, as a as a young 30s white man in the United States, as a, uh, a, a you know, all of the things that could be around the box that I've got, how do I without um, making everything that I say about this stuff, but in a way that doesn't continue to keep me just lumped into all of the other categories of the people that look like me or look like you and the things, because that's part of what you said that made me think about it. A 47-year-old white man, you know, if you've got a a, a black kid in your class who's like going to go, okay, well, you probably are thinking like the the other 47 year old white men that i know that are that are sharing their opinions everywhere else on the social webs and um and and yet that's not true i, I just it's 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 i've been wrestling i've been wrestling because yeah. my heart my heart is like man god god wants to heal all of us and and jesus is is really the answer to every piece of this uh and if we can't create space for the conversation like i just don't know how we ever get there um well, that's like, been, that's, that's, that's the question. Like, you're, like the, the conclusion is Jesus is the answer. The question is, how is he the answer? Totally. Totally. Right? So, like, so for example, you're in Lacey, right? Yeah. How far is that from Olympia? Five minutes. It's like, it's, it, they're bordering cities. Do you have, does your church currently have any relationship with the homeless population that's living in Olympia? Yes. There uh, it but, is. But, but not, but not enough. And okay. part of that, part there, of that's, well, there's yeah. a start, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like Brian Stevenson, um, who wrote the book Just Mercy, has an idea. He says um, that if you want to, if you want to be the hands and feet of hands and feet of God in a situation, you got to be proximate. Yeah, I mean, you got to be close enough to be seen and be depth known and to make a difference. And like, as much as you and I are just talking, like we're seeing each other through a screen. Dude, I miss you, brother. Like, yeah, there is dude, something likewise. there. Like, I feel like, I mean. I'm more alive when I'm with family and, yeah. and to be honest, like a, like a post on the internet or something in Facebook or something in, you know, in that world, it is really artificial and it's designed to make us feel miserable. You know, like, like if I wanted to, like, like if I just think math, right. If I just wanted less kids to die in the United States and I really cared about it, right. And I could, I had power. I just wouldn't let any kid drive until they're 18. Right. And, hundreds of thousands of kids who we say we care about would now live, but they're dying because we care more about our economy, right. about fuel consumption, about buying new cars for kids than we do about protecting them actually. Like I know it's a right and everybody, it's a privilege and everyone wants to drive a car or whatever, but and in the same way, like, like there are things that we could do, right, that could fundamentally change the way that we interface with other people and it could make a lasting difference, but but like we we just don't you know we yeah. don't we don't do those things so I, so I wonder about like the the how you know how to how to block that or or even phones right like all these studies are like teachers giving too much homework so the kids are depressed not true 
No, no, uh, no shot. Actually, we're even way less homework than we ever gave. Yeah, you got it right, dude. I mean, that's they, this 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 little box is killing them, and yeah, and how is it doing it? Well, it's it's enslaving them, right? right? Like Jesus said, I came to give you life to the full, freedom, right? Right. But, but this, but the phone comes to enslave you. It does, it, and it comes to like prey on your fears, right? Think about like. If you if you go watch like um, your your super liberal news commentator political for your super conservative, what are they doing? They're trying to play on three things: fear, anger, and shame. Yeah. So when when the news is playing on those, that's the devil's playground right there. Big time. What's it fun about? It's fear of missing out. It makes yeah. you angry that someone said something about you. It makes you shameful because your body doesn't look like you know you right. want it to look. Like it's just I mean. And I feel like, and it's loaded with like dopamine inducing notifications, right? right? And so we're hooked to it. So I think like at the heart of what I hear you saying is like this question of people leaving the church, right? So why would people leave the church? Well, if the church is offering something that the world just really, really cannot offer, right? Which is genuine community. It's authentic. It's it's fulfilling. And in some ways it has... Even rituals, like actually, like God says, like he, like I don't even understand how this works scientifically, but God says, "Hey, I put the sun and the stars up there, so you would have calendars for, you could have festivals. Yeah, <laughs> like I want you to, I want you to have annual parties. I want yeah. you to get together. Yeah. Okay, what's the science of that? Who knows? But the the point I think is that God knows that we're better off in community, and here, like I, I would say, like just coming back to the U.S., it's tough. Yeah. Like it is really hard to live in community because, because I can honestly, like I can pop on a video of like a sermon as a really good sermon. Oh yeah. I can be inspired. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I like, my wife is cool. I love my wife. I get, she's yeah. my best friend. So I can hang out with her. We can talk about scriptures. Uh, but, but actually like, that's the thing. Right. And the, it's the community. And I think it, it's hard, right? Because people will pull out. They're just going to pull out of community. Yeah. You know? there, there's, I have experienced in the last year. In fact, I did, I did, I think it was my second episode of this, of this uh, 52 project with a, with a friend of mine named Josh Jones, um, who's like two feet taller than me. And Oh, that big dude that you work yes. out with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dude, thank you. I caught that. I did my homework, brother. Let's go. <laughs> We, you know, last last January, 2022, end of January till till now. I mean, we worked out this morning together. Um, have been consistently, I mean, four or five days a week, and there've been some periods of, you know, but for the most part, and uh, you know, we got seven or eight guys going with us now every every morning around five o'clock, and from different different seasons and backgrounds, and no, you know, nobody's a bodybuilder. Well, one dude, one dude, if he actually listens to this, he'll he'll know who he is. Is uh, he's uh, I call him the Pacific Northwest Thor. He's he's a he's got a physique. <laughs> Besides that, though, um, what I what I realized is one of the things that I'm discovering is part of what what I really believe to be the reason why so many of us, uh, so many people, <clears throat> myself included, for so long can be around people but not be experiencing community is the lack of consistency and it seems like a no-brainer like uh duh but like there is something yeah about about daily having a place where you're seeing each other and even for if it's a short amount of time there being somewhat of a rhythm because there's just so much life that comes in and out of those moments and whether it's a coffee whether it's a lunch whether it's a working out with somebody whatever and like 
I, I just realized like there is no there is no way to actually experience community without that consistency or that commitment to 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 continually and you see that I mean obviously from different cultures that are you know they do live closer to each other and that's how it was for so long and all of these other you know even within the the western world there wasn't this expansion of you know grandma lives 150 miles away etc everybody's within the same walking distance right for hundreds of years but you you see a lot of that i think that, that there is the, the, the internet does not create a substitute for that yeah. uh, and and i realized being face to face with these dudes every every morning uh has given me a community and i i've had some great friendships uh in great communities but i'm just realizing that's a huge thing that i i don't think a lot of people make this make the space for um they probably actually have the time for it but it's it's really it's making the space for that time to really to just really see it and a lot of them i think too are like you know where do i how do i find that how do i find a, enough of a commonality or a, a common value system for that to be something that I'd actually enjoy or want to enjoy with those people, you know, but I, Dude, I that, wonder that is, that is preaching right there, man. That's, that's it. I mean, Chase, that's, I mean, what's the world hungry for right? The world's lonely. Yeah. I mean, this time. is what all the studies are saying. All our, our girls are lonely and they're also being ex exploited at right. a crazy rate. I mean, right. one in 10, one in 10 girls said that they've been sexually assaulted The one in 10 in a recent study <laughs> and loneliness rates and, and, and desperation. And, and and what did I mean? If you if you think about Acts chapter two, like we all as Christians, we go back there because we're like, oh, this was when it was good. They yeah. all gathered together in one place. They were praising God in the temple. They were selling their stuff. So if someone had need, they were they were okay, and they were just joining together daily, like just like you said, and like so the church, the secret sauce of the church that God gave us is each other. Yeah, and and so. Like they know that you're my disciples by the way you love each other, right? But the church doesn't love itself. It doesn't love. We don't love each other. Yeah. Like honestly, like I'm. I. I it's so much easier for me to be critical of a Christian who for holds sure. a different political belief or a different idea than I did than it is for me to be critical of a Buddhist or a Hindu that holds a different belief. Sure. Way easy. I. I fall into that judgment. I'm just confessing that as sin. But um. But I'm just telling you, like. For me, it's way easier. And and the second thing, if it's community, if the world is like so lonely that it is killing us, and I'm feeling it too. Like I'm a believer, and I'm feeling it. Oh, yeah. And I I feel like a lot of a lot of us are. But the second thing is that God gives us wisdom. When I think about James. It says, "If any man lacks wisdom, if any one lacks wisdom, I'm ask God who gives generously without finding fault." Like He won't even make give you a hard time for asking, right? Yeah. But the church has wisdom. If we, if we, and, and the world needs it because as you said, um, I'm inundated with choices, right? right? I mean, just like choosing what to watch on Netflix. Well, not very good choices, but choices, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, or, or just like with my time or just, just there's a, but I feel like, um, I feel like there's some wisdom that, you know, I know you're meeting with an older group of folks that pray all the time, right? Yeah. And those those folks have some wisdom yeah. about living life to the full. And like what what you and I have is almost kind of like I'm not that put like but like you know yeah like Paul and Timothy kind of out of thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there's totally. kind of like so I'm no Paul. Like I'm I like I I love Jesus, but you yeah, know there. Paul's Paul's in in his own league. But um but you know and I think of the young dude. I, I, it's uh, Ulysses. 
Yeah, you know? Luis. Yeah. What an awesome guy, you know? And I feel like there's there's that opportunity. And like, you know, someone said, you should always have a Paul and a Timothy in your life. You yes. know, so you got someone that's feeding into you and, and you know, and going back. And honestly, I, I, I love... I love the older generation, man. I'm telling you, I love my, like, my greatest generation folks. I love Grandma Wanda. Yeah. Man. Dude, Grandma dude. Wanda. Dude, I mean, this is part of the reason why you're you is because she's prayed for you, man. Yeah. She loves you. 100%. She prays for you with her whole heart. Like, I'm here because people prayed for me. Yeah. And and people are going to be here because you and I pray for them if we're consistent with it, too, you know? Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, I think we got to encourage each generation to recenter back on what matters most you yeah. know and say listen uh you know our political tribes are going to kill us off it's going to kill off our church like yeah. it will like because because there are just some things i just like i'm, I'm not gonna lock arms with you know yeah and and it's hard right because i don't know like like take a i mean i'll go hot button i don't care like uh, i'll take i'll take an uh, abortion right sure okay so like that, you know, recently, uh, you know, the, um, and the Dobbs decision, abortion is now no longer protected under, you know, under, you know, by the Supreme Court, basically. So states can make their own decisions. But if you look at most Americans, most Americans would define themselves or, or would report being anti-abortion and pro-choice. So how do you work that out, right? So right. people generally feel like abortion, not a great option. Not great for birth control, not great for the woman's woman's health, not really great, right? But also they don't want to be in a position where they're telling a woman who is in a situation where she's carrying an unwanted pregnancy that, you know, may actually end her life or may be something that is uh, you know, deeply, deeply problematic. Nobody wants to be in the position or, or most Americans don't want to be in the position to say, you can't make that choice for yourself. Yeah. Right. And this is the, I feel like the church, the church would gain more credibility with those that are, um, you know, in support of like defending abortion rights, um, by, um, really focusing on, you know, things like the crisis, crisis pregnancy centers, right. Focusing on, uh, child welfare through thinking about teen moms and thinking about how we support them. And I feel like once it gets to teen moms or once it gets to like people that can have babies, then it becomes a culture of accountability and responsibility and not one about moral responsibility to take care of damn born. And I feel like that's another area to step into, you know, to say like, I don't think we need to like, I think if someone has a conviction that abortion is absolutely wrong. Yeah. Thank you. You know? Yes. Um, if if someone challenges them and says, okay, so when do you know that life begins? Like where, you know, have that conversation. It's okay. I mean, I think, I think the reasonable people can figure out how to live in a society where you don't get everything that you want, but you compromise to an extent that promotes life. Yeah. Right. And I, I guess that's, I don't think there's an easy solution, but I think those are, those are the kinds of issues that nobody wants to talk about. I think in the church, because they're like, oh, I'm gonna lose friends over this. Well, yeah. So and then, so I mean, you 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 brought up one that I this this was one I spoke into this year. Yeah. Uh, or was it? Yeah, maybe it was. I maybe think I saw it, a Facebook post, right? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you may have. And I, you know, for me, so like, you know, I'm I'm always I don't, don't want to say always because it may not may not, I may be it might not be true. I I genu, genu generally 
um, when I'm thinking about what's coming out of me, uh, if any, any, whatever it's a public platform, private conversation, anything in between, I, I'm thinking about two things. Uh, one, I'm thinking about what is true. What, what do I believe is the truth that I'm, that is, that I'm standing on. And then the second thing is like, what is the heart of the father? Those two things. And I, and I think, I think they're, to, I think they're connected, but I, in the same way that there's, there's, there's grace and truth or that truth can be communicated in a way that can reflect the father's heart or not. I think that's very yes. important. Right. So I think those are the two things. I, and so public statement, private conversation, I'm always thinking, okay, like what is true and what's reflecting the heart of the father. And, and that's the thing I think I have, I have seen be at war within the church, abortion, other things, et cetera. There's really like this, uh, hard, hard, hard lean towards like it, like the, the reflecting the heart of the father side, which again, I, I, I yes. And then, and then, but at some level, I've seen that come at the expense of like, you know, be, being clear around some of the things that are, I, I believe to be our true and, and clear in the scripture. And then there's the other side of the spectrum, which is like the truth, but it's like, there's no father's heart anywhere in here reflected in how you're talking or how you're defending it, whatever. And I have found being in the, in the middle, not being like wishy-washy, but trying to hold the tension of both truth and the father's heart, uh, in, in this day and age in the church. And then in different and in, in trying to also reach and engage a, a multi-generational church and community is so hard because I, I, I like you, to your point, it's easier for me at times to be like, uh, to the, to my own Christian brother who has, you know, his deep, deep, deep love for some, some political convictions that like are just really what he's worshiping more than Jesus. I can be like, you're, you're a freaking idiot, dude. Like, how are you not, how are you not seeing how grieved the father's heart is with the way that you're standing on the truth that you're standing on and and just write them off and go well we don't need you because you're not helping us reach anybody and the lord's also been challenging that because he's like so so do you have more of a heart for the person that you know is is the the, the you know on, on the outside than than the person that's could can be just as lost on the inside and it's been challenging for me to go okay god how do i how do I navigate that tension of not trying to play both sides of the the field here, but but just know as a younger generation person, where a very stereotypical broad stroke is that there are a lot more people in my generation that lean towards the um, that I think would lean more towards the side of like let's do everything we can to reflect the father's heart, even if it is at the expense of truth. Mm. And then there's, that's, that's tough. And then there's an older generation that's like, no, you're all going to go to hell. If that's, you know, there's, there's truth and there's truth and there's truth. And, and that you, 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 at the expense of the father's heart, you are just, you know, and I just feel like I, I feel like that's called me to reach the, the, the generations and be, you know, and, and so that was challenging for me. I knew I spoke into the, the abortion thing. Cause I felt like God, I got it such a conviction and it was like, I, this isn't about making any statements for any, anything, but like, I, I'm, I, I feel like God called me to speak into this and I knew it was risky cause I was either going to lose some old or I was going to lose some young or both. And, um, and I wanted to try to figure out a way to communicate truth, but also reflect the father's heart in a way that did, did him, did him, did, did it justice knowing that no matter what I'm, I'm flawed and some, somebody will receive it or misinterpret or interpret it a different way. But yeah. man, that's been a challenge, man. I was, I, I see that though. I, and I think Chase said that when you ask God for wisdom, he gives it yeah. graciously without finding fault. So 
when you pray and when you think about how to communicate that. And I think at the end of the day, nobody's going to say Chase Merrill would write me off if I had a different idea than he did about this. Yeah. I just don't think that anybody that knows you would would like authentically say that about you. And you know, I think there are, I think that there's a humility that allows you to be able to um, to say, man, I I thought this way about it, but my idea is is growing and maturing, and that's okay. You know, yeah. I mean, like I'll really go there. All right, so. Listen, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed with the church than with its unflagging and very, very strong support of a certain politician that held political office in the land from 2016 to 2020 who bragged about sexually assaulting the wife of other men because he was rich and empowered to do it. And the church sat silently and said, well, we might be able to ban abortion if we just turn our eyes and pretend like character no longer counts. And I gotta be honest, as a believer, like I, I like I don't see how anybody could like look at that and go, well, the church got that one right, you know? Because yeah. and and listen, if somebody said those things that uh that Trump said on the Access Hollywood tapes or whatever, and if he had said, you know what, I did something wrong. I was I was talking with this Billy Bush character and I was trying to be a big man. And that's not who I am, and I don't believe that's right. And that's the thing. That's that's that. I honestly, I would, I would say, I respect that. I, I don't have respect for you know people that never own it. And I think that's what, you know, people that are outside the church are going. Wait, wait, wait. So the church now is does, does not hold the moral high ground, right? You know, like honestly, the people that gave me the worst time. Remember, uh, gosh, in twenty twenty, when George Floyd was murdered by a police officer. And I, I, I saw that you're sponsored by a, a coffee company that looks at first responders, including police officers, and honors their work. I love that. They should be honored. I, I feel like our police officers, our public servants that hold that role, do a difficult job to keep peace yeah. and to maintain peace. And when someone misrepresents them in such an awful way, it's a tragedy in society. But you know the people that gave me the hardest time for that? And I was like, hey, if you're all worked up about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and you don't care about this, what's up? Yeah. Right? Okay, that's not a very, like, gentle in the middle post. I mean, sure. honestly, I, I feel like, I, but I lost friends over that, man. Yeah. I, 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 I no longer speak to my best friend over fallout of that whole thing. And some of that I will own as my own thing. And some of that, I just got to say that there are we lost fellowship over this notion that we can be Christians and, and ignore injustice to our brother. Yeah. I, I just, I, so I think that that's something the church is just contending with. And like, I, I don't know if that's kind of out there and people sort of talk about that and go, Oh, well, we have a, we have a, you know, a 270 pound, you know, chain around our neck, you know, that is, we're tied to it because in the mind of most people that I know that are not believers, they're like, okay, so you you believe some things, like your spokesperson is amoral, and and you know and and I, I don't think that's really. A, I mean, I, I like I, I don't actually think that's debatable, but I, I'd be I'd be happy to debate with someone sure. that wanted to. But but I guess my point is that when the church, for expediency's sake, has allied itself with someone that is is um 
is a an avatar of the opposite of the fruit of the spirit, then the then the world goes, wait, why do I want to go to church like that? Right? Why do I want to go? If I know seventy percent of right, no, not ninety percent of evangelicals voted for this guy in the last election, and I show up in their church, and I sit there, and I'm sitting with people that do they believe what he believes? You know, what I mean, is that is that their guy? And and that's that's a hard thing to find fellowship around. Yeah. It is. Let me challenge. Can I challenge you? <laughs> Come on, always. <laughs> yes, of course you can. Well, here's what. Here's what. Because I. Because I resonate. I'm resonating with a lot of what you're saying. Um. And there's there's definitely some that I think that I we wouldn't see eye to eye on. But but there's definitely yeah. there's more that we would. And and that's where I. That's where I. That's what. I, well, and that's I, that's what's been I think beautiful about our relationship. I love You've you. Never... And, the, and the things that I don't see eye to eye with. By the way, I'll just say, tell me. Cause yeah, yeah. I, I I believe that you can tell me truth. That I'll listen to, and I, I I'll take it straight up. I might disagree too, but yeah, but well, uh, but but you can you can take me there. I don't yeah, mind. Yeah, well, <laughs> but but the thing I've always one of the things I've always respected about you is that you you don't you don't compromise your convictions and what you're you're just in order to appease where someone's at or what they think or believe. You, you've always held a a, a really strong. Uh, just sense of like, no, I'm, I'm going to challenge this, even if it, you know, and I saw, I, and you've, you've challenged, there's been several things over, over, you know, my, my years that you've challenged and pushed back on, um, for me. Uh, and then I, I, I respect that because it means, you know, you, you care, you care about getting down to what really matters. So, here, here's a here's a perspective, and again, I, from a younger from a younger guy who has lived left less life, right? But but I but I see that here's what I see. One of the things, because the person you just described, I, I have a lot of them in my life, right? The person that did in 100% everything about, uh, you know, not everything about they they. If you were to put the you know the what's it called the iron or. Uh, What's the, what's the terminology? If you were to put, basically, if you were to put the, the pedal to the metal or whatever, if you were to ask him like point blank, do you think yeah. like Do- Donald Trump represents rubber meets the road? Yeah. Rubber meets the road. If you were to like where it all came down and you know, I don't think they would all be, you know, I don't think they would say, oh yeah, absolutely. Like he, you know, he's an up- upstanding moral citizen and all those. I think that they would very much so acknowledge, right. The, that there is a, a, a lot of what has been his life that has misrepresented anything that would do to reflect and glorify the Lord. And yet they're, they're counting would be to some degree you know but with our options or whatever else right like or 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 like there's a lot that, that he does represent that when it comes to their beliefs of freedom or whatever else that they would be like yes so I have, I have a lot of those people in my life and and there was a season when all of this kind of stuff was going on where, where similarly I was looking around and being like how are we a part of the same tribe or how are we a part of the same family if if there are some of us that can sit here be here and like not see some of this stuff and some of us that can, and and why? Where does it? I just it felt. And here's what I begin to go. Okay, it's back to a little bit of that. Like, do I? Is my heart hardened towards that person? Um, like their heart is hardened towards the person that I, mine is softer towards, right? That we're trying to reach, because it, a hard heart to God is a hard heart to God. And at the end of the day, like just as much as he loves the person that is lost, lost, he still loves the older brother. Um, and, 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 and I, and I, and again, there's something to this that I think people like you and me have a unique opportunity to, and this is where that'd be the challenge. We have a unique opportunity, I believe, to be people that really, really fight for those people that don't see it the way we see it 
without uh, punting on the relationships or or allowing allowing what we perceive to be just astronomical differences and how we actually believe when it comes to some of this stuff be barriers that say i won't i won't sit with you or i won't i won't go to a faith-filled community with you because of this because at the end of the day who who are the best people positioned to reach that person to help to help bring life transformation and obviously the holy spirit is going to be the one that does that but like i think to myself how many conversations i've had since george floyd with with primarily older guys guys that are older than me 20 30 40 years older than me who are you know i made some posts i I shared some things around that in that time too that i got phone calls from out of the blue people that are like what are you doing why are you so worried about yeah why why are you talking about trigger though for them right i don't understand that right but so so but but what i realized was like I am one of the best yeah. positioned people right. to reach them. And if I'm and if I don't have the if I don't have the security and the maturity of of somebody who can who can hang in the moment and stay close enough even though like it I'm either I'm 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 offended, I can't believe it, I'm I'm repulsed, I'm whatever, then who is? Like and then I think about that person that has the ability to be as passionate as they are about something like whatever Donald Trump has done or whatever, if that can get turned to a deeper loyalty and love for Jesus one day, like look out, like yeah. in the same way, I think like if man, if, if, uh, if the homeless person and community that's moving in right down this, the, I'll tell you this another time, but actually I just shared a message on it at our church a couple weeks ago, you know, there's a, there's a there's a, a, a former hotel that the state of Washington just purchased and they're turning it into a 113 bed um, homeless basically environment. And for the first three or four weeks of me finding out about that, I was I was angry. I was like, God, I'm now you know now I'm 300 yards away from you know quadrupling you know 10xing the amount of you know break-ins and transient stuff going on every single day that's walking by my thing and alarms going off and. And that kids being unsafe, and I begin to pray that that would stop. I was like, God, please, you know. And then the Lord, after I watched the Jesus Revolution movie, I don't, know if, I don't know if you've seen it or not yet. Not yet, but I, I know, I know the story. I know the story well. Anyway, so I only yeah. saw that, but I, I, I drove away from watching that movie that night, and, and God just began to wreck wow. me in different ways. Praise and He was God. like, "Stop praying away, stop praying away, stop praying away, people." And at the end of the day that your church is perfectly positioned 300 yards away from this 113 Praise bed. God. Uh, That's because, the wisdom of God. Right. So, but, but oh, see, but see, good. so for me, and then, then what I, I got this picture of was like, if, you know, they have these, these addiction tendencies and for if sure. that's there, if they got addicted to the right stuff, <laughs> yes. if, if they got it, if they got addicted to the grace of God, to the Holy spirit, to Jesus yeah. transforming lives, imagine the kind of surrender that they could experience and fall into to change change the people, change the world around them. Gotcha. Imagine, right? And, and that, so that picture at times for us is easier to see than for the, the, for the hard right leaning, like I'll follow Trump till I die guy. But, but I'm seeing, I am now starting to see him on the same, on the same, on the same line. It's like yeah. at the end of the day, they both need Christians, healthy, mature, healed and whole Christians to stay in the game with them to believe that God can transform their life. And if I refuse to be around either one, I'm missing it. And I think that part of what the church needs is people like you who have experienced the spectrum of lost, lost and like older brother, you know, prodigal son lost. 
and, 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 and just refuses to go, you can't offend me because at the end of the day, you know, I know where my heart is anchored in and all of that. And even though I just can't believe you're thinking and saying this, like, I believe God can do more in changing your heart, but, but I, I, I gotta, I gotta be close enough, you yeah, know, man. and again, I'm sure that there's some, there's yeah. some breakdown in all of that again from the lack of life lived. And, but I just, I am starting to see now yeah, two or three years you know, removed from, or maybe it's not, how, how long is it, how long is it, has it been since the George Floyd stuff? It's been two years. It's 2020, right? So yeah. it was the summer of 2020. Yeah. I'm starting to see some of those guys that in the initial phase of that were like, could not even fathom how I could see not the way that they're seeing it are, I have stayed in the conversation with and, and have had moments of them communicating to me now, two, three years later how God is doing something in their heart and it's not fully changed yet. And they're not, you know, recount, recounting what you're, uh, what, you know, what they said and pulling all, but there's, you can see God is doing something in their heart that's real and helping them see the father's heart more in the world around them. And I just got to go, I pray guys like you who are very much so impacting influencers for generations on both sides of the spectrum. Don't give up on those guys that you can't stand. <laughs> Because, Man. because I don't know if there's going to be a better, better person position to really reach them. Man, that you're speaking to my heart. I feel like, and I appreciate, appreciate that. I think God can use each one of us in a, in, in that unique position. And we just got to be open to him and not ever be in a place where we tell God, I'm the, I'm the one in charge. I, you know, I confronted somebody actually like way back in the day about something that was just not right. And, um, and we got into words and this was back in the day when you were, you were, you were kind of around, you were in school and I won't go into any details, but I will just say that this person looked at me and said, but you have to forgive me because you're a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) What could I say? He's not wrong. (laughs) I was like, man, you got my card. You know where my authority lies. That's right. I don't have the right to withhold forgiveness from anyone. And I feel like your, your words are, it's a good reminder. I think that like, we need to go where the crisis is at. The crisis is with those homeless people that are, that are down the block and that the internal crisis for the person that is self-assured, God's going to do that work in them. But just yeah. remember when Jesus, Jesus told the story about this guy that came in and said, Oh God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Right. And then the other guy's like, well, thank God I'm not like him. Right. And that judgment, that spirit of judgment was like, it's so evident in the story Jesus told. And I feel like that's where I think if we're trying to be a force for the kingdom building force in the world, like the heart of God is one that is full of grace, full of forgiveness, that looks at someone and says, your story isn't over yet. Right. That looks at somebody that says like, you know, like I was the fuzzy, you know, 40 hat, you know, that's the QAnon shaman. Okay, you know, that guy could be used by God in some mighty ways. I mean, he's got some charisma and some style, you know, right, and, and, right. and maybe God can do some things in his heart. But but you talk about truth. Truth matters, right? Totally. And so, and 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 I think that, you know, St. Augustine said, um, all truth is God's truth, right? So whatever's true, it's in his hands. And so so I think when, as, as believers, it, as we talk about the word of God as truth, and say, listen, God created uh, this world in perfect harmony, people, planet, and relationship with God. And our selfishness, our sin, 
has created a rift and our planet's fallen apart, our relationships with people and our sense of relationship with God has fallen apart. And God loves us so much. He's making a way to bring those things whole again. I mean, that's the heart of our message and how he does it is so different, right? Yeah. How, how someone comes to trust God, you know, like, uh, you talked about the Jesus revolution, Chuck Smith, for him to trust God meant I'm not going to worry about what my parishioners think about me. I'm going to worry about my, uh, my audience is one. I'm going to follow it there. And so everybody in his age group was probably going, why are you hanging out with those long haired pot smoking, fornicating hippies, you know? And, and yet audience one, like he knew where his accountability was the same as that guy could look at me and say, listen, I know you, you have to forgive me. Yeah. Right. Now I didn't have to trust, but I do have to forgive, you know, um, for sure. Yeah. But, um, hey, man, I'll, can I tell you a story? Because I want to get this between yeah, us. And you yeah, don't even yeah. have to use this or anything. But I, no, I want to no. tell you a story. Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, in the summer of 2018, uh, that was, um, I'd been in Hong Kong for five years. I was starting my sixth year. My daughter was about to graduate from high school. Um, my youngest daughter was about to start high school. Um, and, um, and so that summer was amazing. I loved it. It was the best summer I've ever had. I went to uh, Washington, D.C., New York with my family. We saw Megan Green. I don't know if you remember her. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I saw, like, uh, just, I kept on running into all these people from my life that have just meant so much to me. And, um, and in fact, actually, I was in, I was in Wenatchee at Lake Chelan, and you came out, and you drove. Uh, gosh, <laughs> it was like two and a half hours out of your way to come and see me, Chase. That is something that I will treasure until the day I die. It meant so much to me. You mm-hmm. showed up for me. And and that's what God does for us. And that's what yeah. you did for me. And 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 I was at a time where I was thinking, you know, should I stay in Hong Kong or should I leave? You know, I wasn't sure. And 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 you were talking to me about youth ministry and you're like, okay, I'm in youth ministry. I feel called to to also shepherd, you know, folks in other life stages as well. And I want to grow in that area. And, and remember we just walked along the lake and prayed about it. And then yeah. you had to hit the road cause you were, uh, you were, you were going off to, uh, to camp and, um, and, and I, I told Lisa after you left, I said, Lisa, I think I'm either going to die or God's going to do something really big in my life. I was having one of those, those moments where I was like, God, you just filled my cup mm. so far between busy with you, between this time with my family, I'd never had a better vacation with my family. Mm. I'd never had, my dad was there, my sisters were there, things were good. There was so much goodness at that time, at that, that summer season in my life. There was like, I, I was, I was, my cup overflew, overflew, yeah. overflowed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so she was like, okay, well, I hope you don't die. <laughs> I died. What happened next is crazy. So I get to, I get back to Hong Kong. I'm still like praying about what, what to do. And, um, you know, and, and God starts to just work on my heart. And, um, and this opportunity comes to go to Uganda. I meet this guy named Jackson Kaguri, who I may introduce you to, who um, just is one of the most brilliant and most just, he's, he just loves God um, in, in such a cool way. So we went to Uganda, um, me and a colleague, we went to go and see the work he was doing, it was incredible. And I was like, wow, 
And so I came back and then I'm coaching rugby. My girls' rugby team goes to Shanghai, you know, because we, we do tournaments in other countries when you're living Jeez. in Hong Kong. So, you know, you're getting on the plane with the kids and doing that. And that's just so much fun. And and that year, and I came back and I asked Lisa, I said, Lisa, um, I feel I feel like God is maybe saying something in my heart. When I was in Uganda, we actually went south to Rwanda. I went to a youth meeting and then the pastor said, the way God works sometimes is kind of like Jesus. Like Jesus, Jesus after Peter um, and you know the, his 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 brother went out on to fish. He went and he sat on the boat and talked to them. And you think about that. He he pointed this out. I never thought of this. That boat is the point of their insecurity because it was a boat empty full of fish. Yeah, it'd be like someone walking up to me and poking my belly. <laughs> you know, like that's a source of insecurity for this guy yeah. right now, right? So, so or yeah. you know, whatever it is. And so, so, but Jesus sat right there, close to their source of insecurity, with no judgment, with no judgment. Hmm. He just looked at them and said, "Hey, why don't you try it? Try again. Let's let's take it out to deeper waters." And I felt in that moment, I was like, "God, are you? He telling me I'm going to go to East Africa? Is that what you have for me?" So I came back to Lee, can we move to Uganda? Maybe we can move to Rwanda. She's like, nah, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, God speaks through our lives. So I yeah. listened. So then so then a couple weeks later, Lee was like, you know, actually it's too bad you put in your letter of intent because um, there's a job actually opened up in Kenya, which is also in East Africa. And it's a Christian school and it could be a great opportunity for you. And But too bad. And I was like, no, actually that's a letter of intent. There's nothing binding. And. I can still talk to them and say it's a, a, an option. So we just both, like we walked this, uh, like out through the jungle in Hong Kong, because there's a lot of forest there. Butterflies are flying around us. It was a spiritual thing. It was yeah. weird, you yeah. know? And we're like, okay, God, if you want us to go, then provide a contract in time. Um, make sure we have unity as a family. We got to trust you. Like everybody's going to want to be on a, in on it and provide for our needs because we're sending a kid to college and I'm about to take an 80% drop in salary. And God more, more than delivered in all those things when we trusted him. And so when I left Hong Kong, I left with my head held high, feeling great about my experience there. I loved it. And I think God did some really amazing things in our lives. So I got to, so, so we got to Kenya, we sent our daughter off to college and that began the worst, most challenging, most painful season of my life that I've ever experienced bar none. A part of me welcomed it because I've rarely met anyone in my life who I really respect that hasn't gone through a really painful experience. And I, I'm going to keep listening to your podcast because I know at some point you're going to talk to us about some painful experiences that you've had recently. Yeah. But I know without a doubt, Chase, that God's going to use those for his glory, his kingdom, yeah. and, and a redemption story in your life because your story's not done yet. It's still yeah. going. Yeah, amen. Well, for me, I... Uh, you talk about what's holding you back. Here's what held me back. I I am quietly so afraid of what people think about me. I'm so afraid of judgment. I'm a, I, like, and, and and with that, there's some pride that's there, you know. And God sat on my boat, man. <laughs> I mean, in a big way. A couple of parents came in and like like two or three weeks into the school year, like ripped into me in front of my principal. And I was like, this has never, I've been teaching for like 17 years. This has never happened before. Hmm. I have never, you know, and, and they're missionary families to boot. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, let me be humble. And let me just 
deal with it, you know? And, but, but man, it was like, it's like, I, I don't know if it's bitterness, but maybe, maybe it's bitterness, but some kind of root got going in there. And, um, and between that and all the stress I was feeling, all of a sudden my body started to break out in sores all over, head to toe. Like I, I developed a rare autoimmune disease where if you touch your face or touch any part of your body, a scab emerges just by touching it. I woke up one morning. I was like, why do I have scabs all over my back? Why is my back like stuck to my sheets? What? And it just got worse and worse Jeez. and worse. And, um, and so thankfully it was diagnosed there in Kenya, but they didn't have the kind of treatment that I would need to actually get it under control, um, in a long-term kind of way. And, um, I'd never taken off hardly any days from school. I'm not a, I don't, I just, I like to be with kids. I don't yeah. take off days. I had to take off an entire month. So the, the January of 2020 started off with a, um, a, like this was my January of 2020. Um, I had to miss a week of, or miss a month of school and I was in so much pain. I thought it was going to fall over and die. But you know what God gave me was an entire month to be with my wife. Um, Lisa had been trying to find a job. It was kind of hard in Kenya because the certain laws that they were there and she was frustrated by that. But by God's grace, she was there to walk with me and to mm. be present with me. And, um, and my sister actually encouraged me to read some books that got me thinking about like my particular sin, right? Which is pride. Um, and I asked Lisa the hardest question that I think a husband can ask his wife. Have I ever said anything to you that was really hurtful for you and is still in your mind and in your heart? Mm. And I just sat and listened. That was an education. And mm. I, I, God used that pain to kill something in my life that couldn't have been killed off any other way. Yeah. Have you ever read the Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah. Yeah. There's this one, there's this one dude that's like, uh, he's, he's, he's kind of an arrogant little yeah. jerk and then he like <laughs> somehow gets into the pot of gold or whatever and sticks a ring on on this bracelet or whatever and turns into a dragon right and god has to like literally take the dragon's skin off and it hurts yeah and honestly i almost feel like it was a metaphor for what god was doing with me because he just he challenged some things in me that couldn't have been challenged any other way it had to be experiential it had to be real and um and in uh, that year just got harder and harder, man. It just kept on going. Like, like we had tragedy in the family, another tragedy in the family, another tragedy in the family, and then COVID. And then another tragedy in the family. And then we're stuck in Kenya because they shut down the international borders. Gosh. And, um, and, and, you know, and, and this is in the midst of 2020 and George Floyd and everything. I mean, it was, you know, in 2020, everybody's got that, that story. Uh, and it just, it rocked us. It rocked us with Chase. You actually, like, I, I like, I go back to that story in Wenatchee. And when I think about some of the strength that I had to, that filled my cup, brother, you driving like two and a half hours to, out to see me was something that came to mind. And it was like God was saying, remember, I was taking care of you. I took care of you before you came here. I gave you this goodness. And I want you to remember who I am. And, you know, I showed you who I am in the light so that you can remember it in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And and Chase, you were a part of that, brother. And mm -hmm. so 
Um, so I think that, wow. I don't know, if, if, if that story can encourage one person who's listening yeah. to just show up for someone who's hurting, just listening to the Holy Spirit. I know sometimes we get bashful or we like get a little bit shy about, you know, we don't want to be too bold or God, we, we fear rejection so much, you know, yeah. like, um, but, but I'm just saying that God uses those things in a way that was like, like to me, like life saving, Yeah, you know? And I think that, um, you know, so when I think about that story and I think about your part in it, um, I think that's how God's family works. You yeah. Know? It just comes full circle. So, yeah. um, that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so brother, I, I wanted to make sure you do that story because yeah, that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. It means a lot just hearing, hearing it and, you know, just thinking about the impact you've had on my life, you know, just that the two and a half hour, uh, whatever it's called detour to, to go and then, you know, go back. It, what was so cool about that, there was a lot of things, but what was so cool about that was that I did, wasn't even, I didn't even hesitate. It wasn't like, a, yeah. uh, it was like, oh, easy. I think, I think I, I think I had a number. I think, I think my number, I think it was like sub, sub five was like, if I can make this within the day to get yes. out and then I need to get over, I'm doing it, you know? And otherwise, like if I, if I can't honor the commitment that I've made, you know, I had to kind of, but like, I was like, oh, it's not even. And, uh, you know, and I think, man, I just, yeah, I, I, that is so it encourages me hearing, hearing that and knowing that the Lord used, used that to help just bring encouragement in some of those moments. Cause, cause I, that's, that's a depth of suffering and pain that, you know, I know I have not experienced yet. And again, it's all, everybody's got some form of subjective experience with that for their own life. But, but, uh, but I, I just, I hope, I know that there'll be people listening to this as well that are going, okay, even in my pain, there's probably something more that the Lord is wanting to address. Not that he's in, inflicting this on me, uh, as much as it's being allowed to take place to even help expose or reveal some things that that he wants to, uh, he loves me enough to help expose and reveal because he wants he wants more of my heart or he wants to get into a deeper space in my into my soul and my uh, my mm. surrender and so uh, I appreciate you sharing that and and you know this here's kind of how I'll wrap it up uh, for the conversation today just the way you invite it and then you, you you didn't maybe know the scope of it as it was happening when you did this but nonetheless you, you invited people in some of your closer friends or people that you know knew you had been kind of international with with your with your guys lives when it came to school and teaching education and, and making an impact and so uh, on a facebook group or a facebook message you you, sh- you shot a, a message out there just asking for people to pray and and uh, and then at one point you shared a picture and some updates of just what was going on and and I just remember that being like um, even sharing in that kind of vulnerability was was invite you invited people in along the journey and one of the things that have has made such an impact in my life about you is that you haven't you haven't just spoken or shared from the place of overcoming or success. You've you've created space and invited people in along the journey, uh, as as kind of as it's happening in a way that's like, just a, it's a it's a humility that's extremely glorifying, I believe, to the Lord and attractive as somebody that's like, wanting to be uh, was someone like Christ. But that was a moment that I was like, I, I, he he just he 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 was humble enough to go, 
I'm inviting you into this uncomfortable space. And again, you may have not known the full scope at that time, um, but just to to have people get to be a part of that journey to pray with you. And uh, that that's something that I, I, I try to continue to live in my life. You know, part of where I'm at, and I, I will at some point I will share on this podcast the time I don't know when the time is but it'll come yeah um sharing more of that journey of 2022 for me uh but it's continuing God's continuing to just speak to me around um you don't have to get on the other side of this before you can start taking people or 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 inviting people into the the journey as you're as you're navigating and uh you modeled that for me. You have you modeled that for me for years, but that was that was one of the more recent moments, and so I appreciate you sharing it on on this on this episode because it was pretty. It obviously was pretty significant in your life, you know. Uh, but man, uh, just want to say thank you. I y- you helped make high school awesome, and and I'm and I'm just for me. Yeah, I loved high school and I loved it, you know. And it was a lot of people don't have that same experience, but I loved it, man. And you. You were, you were a consistent figure for me that I just look forward to, you know, just like being able to show up and know at any point I could go and find Mr. Bryant and you were going to look at me with those eyes. You got some big eyes, man. Some, 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 when some excited, you got some excited eyes that, you know, when, when you, when you see some when you look at somebody, you know, you know that you care about them by the way that you're looking at them. And I, I, that, that wasn't even something that I was looking for, but it was felt. And I can remember how feeling that felt when I was there, but, but just to know, I got a safe, um, champion of, of me supporting me in what God's doing in my life and willing to communicate the hard things, but also just like, you got it, man, keep going. Like you could keep, you could do more. Um, we just just made my high school experience i think second to none and uh i feel pretty fortunate to get to have had the times that i got to have with you and then some of the you know the times even since then i think are a true testament to to the relationship and impact that you had in high school because it's not didn't stop when high school was over for me so um and and you are you are marked in a special way man Uh, you are a a when it comes to the the church i just to encourage you um, and, and just so you know, I'm, I'm going to be praying for you for just community. Thank you. Because that, that is, that loneliness, I, 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 there's probably going to be a lot of things people resonate with on this episode. Um, but I guarantee you a lot of people resonate with that loneliness space. You know, whether they are, you know, just like on fire Christians, but still trying to figure out where are the people, like where is some healthy community that I can be a part of and have relationship. Or they're struggling with their faith and still there's, there's, that's going to strike a, I, I know it's going to hit a chord. And, um, and so I'm going to be praying for you in that space, but, but also just encourage you to keep, keep pressing in like you do. I know you, I know you are, and I know you do, but man, there are, there are some men and women that, that need the Bryants, um, to not give up on pursuing community because, you know, who, who knows the things that God wants to change and impact them through just by being around you guys and being in, in life with you. So, um, Thank you for, Thanks, thank brother. you, thank you for impacting my life in the way you have. And what's exciting to me is that it's it's not done. There's still lots of years left. Amen, man. All right. Yes, I received that, and I gotta say, I'm I'm feeling checked in my spirit real quick. Yeah. If there are people that are listening to your podcast that are dear to you and have political views that are different than the ones I might have, 
I just want to say that um, my heart is not to offend. My heart is to to really love you. And I know that if you have a really different point of view about something, uh, that's uh, like that's not the basis for ending relationship. It's the basis for understanding and building it. And so, uh, my my heart would be to just just actually to put it out there and say I don't have the right to withhold forgiveness, but I don't have the sort of permission not to ask for it when needed. And so I, I would just say that if somebody that was listening to anything I said that was was hurtful in any ways or didn't reflect the notion that God loves them as they are and as and as and he's going to help them grow and be better. That's that's my heart. And so um yeah, just a quick shout out to to Larry and Shelly and yeah. Landon and Holly and the the the, the quad uh quad sam uh Merrill's yeah. um Man, uh, you're, I love your family. I love you, brother, and I uh, look forward to continuing to just build this uh, build this family relationship God's given yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Amen. Well, thanks for taking the time to join me today, and uh, yeah, until next time. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. See you later. <laughs>